Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know King's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. There are in-app panoramic seat view photos from every section. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. What's up, everybody? This is Kenny Caraway, and you can catch me alongside Jason Jones talking all things Sacramento Kings on our podcast, Throne Room Breakdown. Listen for free on Apple every Tuesday and for a weekly bonus episodes exclusively on theathletic.com backslash Throne Room Breakdown. man I can shoot the ball I know I can shoot the ball I'm not worried about what anybody says like I'm a dog on the court that's how I play they play fast they have three-point shooting they're young they're versatile and that's how I want to play that's how I think the game should be played you know this team is on the rise the city's on the rise oh that's that's exciting I'm getting chills talking about it you are listening to throne room breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway only on the athletic podcast network hello everybody Jason Jones Kenny Careway in the building. What's going on, everybody? Checking in, you know, once again, another throne room breakdown. Plenty to break down with your Sacramento Kings. Off to their worst start since 2008-09, back when Reggie Theus was the coach. That is amazing, considering the number of bad teams they've right. had. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> over it's the like, last decade. It's been that long since they went 0-4? That doesn't even seem right, but I mean, they think they've had a 1-7. They've had some bad starts, but... This is the first time they haven't gotten a win in the first four games. The latest loss coming Monday night to the Denver Nuggets, 101-94. In a lot of ways, it was their best loss of the season. I mean, I don't think you want to give teams credit for losing, but at least when you watch this game, you didn't leave the game with a disgusting taste in your mouth. You didn't feel like you'd been offended by the level of basketball effort you watched. Right. I was, was, I was offended. I was, I was offended in Utah by what I saw. That was highly offensive. On <laughs> somebody asked me, um, I went to a birthday party on uh, Sunday, and you know, they listeners of the show or whatever, and um, they were like, "What are you gonna say about them uh, on the next show?" And I was like, "Luckily for them, they have a game before the next show. Because if it would have happened after the, after that uh, Utah game, I, it would have been nasty on my end. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure." That's, that's kind of, you know, I wrote a story about Gary Gerald, who his son says, you know, his dad doesn't drink or anything to kind of deal with what he sees sometimes. That Utah game was a game where I think I definitely deserved a couple of drinks for what they made me watch. <laughs> I think the best thing Luke Walton did that game was pull the starters because at that point I was sick of watching them too. Yeah. I mean, that was, just, that was just pitiful. But they came back with a much more solid effort against Denver. Still can't figure out the third quarter. You know, at least, like I said, I, you left that game feeling like, you know what, this is a team that actually wants to compete. They're not going to make a bunch of excuses. Right. You know, and, oh, and I was starting to hear excuses, you know, well, what about last season's offense? What about this? What about this? And it's like, oh, I said, whatever, say whatever you want. That's no reason for you to stand there and let Boyan Bogdanovich shoot wide open jumpers and you and act like you don't know he shoots jumpers. Right. I mean, there was just things there just, I mean... Like the team had just kind of laid down in Utah. They didn't do that last night. You know, they got down 90 to 78, still fought back, got back into the game. You cut it to two point deficit, just that, you know, it's kind of hard to win when your two shooting guards are four for 25. And that's what they, <laughs> that's what they got last night. You know, 
Yeah, Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich had... Ooh, they've had a couple of rough nights in a row, especially Buddy. I mean, his early season struggles have been... I shouldn't say early season, the last few games. He had a good first game, but actually a good first, first half, half, should I yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, first <laughs> it half. hasn't been... Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been much... It hasn't been pretty since, but... You know, when you, when you look at what they have to clean up offensively and defensively, Kenny, what do you see? I mean, I see a lot of I see a lot of possessions where it's one pass, no pass offense, and they don't have the personnel to get away with that. They don't have a Kawhi Leonard out there they just give the ball at and look at. They've got to use each other to score. And I see too many possessions where you got one guy deciding he's going to dribble the clock out, try to, you know, go on his own. Defensively, the communication was better last night. I mean... But to me, at, the, at this level, it's inexcusable that you, it took you three games and basically being embarrassed three times to figure out we need to talk on defense. Right. I mean, these <laughs> are know, so they got to clean that up. These are these are basic things right here, and I know um, Luke has been getting you know just filleted on King's Twitter, and you know they want Jaeger back and and all this other stuff. And and look, I, I'm not sitting here saying that um, Luke is perfect or anything like that. It may sound like I'm giving him a pass right here when I'm. I'm just kind of being realistic about it. What is Luke supposed to do when Buddy Hill is two or thirteen with five turnovers, five points? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what is he really supposed to do in that situation? And then you talk about what happened in Utah, what happened in the second half of Phoenix. Yeah, you would love for the coach to yell and make sure everybody's on the same page. Look, man, my grandmother's 82 years old. She could be coaching that team, and there's no way they should lose by 40 points, right? If you're you're in the NBA, right? There's no reason for you to lose by 40 points at any point in time, in my opinion. That, that becomes something where you're looking in the mirror. You know, it's, it's a personal uh, pride situation where at some point, you know, like you said, Banyanovic out here just drilling jump shots like, like, like it's practice. You know what I mean? Like he's shooting on a shooting gun. You know what I'm saying? It, it, at some point, you're like, yo, let me get in front of this guy. This guy's not going to bust me up in front of a national audience now because it's all national now with league pass and everything. They're not going to just just bust me up like it's all good. And they didn't they didn't accept the challenge on Saturday night. They accepted it a lot more um, last night against Denver. But I just I, – I, the production from the shooting guard position is completely non-existent. And on top of not having them making shots, they're not even looked at as uh, great defenders, right? So, you know, even if they were some kind of – Patrick Beverly type, right? Where Pat Beverly doesn't shoot the ball well or nothing like that. But look, he's giving it to you on the defensive end. He's hustling. He's diving on the floor. That's not the type of player these guys are. They're literally, and this was the problem when it came up with Buddy's contract, they're literally, if they're not hitting shots, and I'm putting Bajanovich in this as well right now, they're not making shots, what are they giving you? And right now, it's not much of anything. I know Buddy had four assists last night, but he had five turnovers and some crucial ones. That's where the, the two... Places I'm really looking at right now, not putting blame. I'm just looking at the game and saying this has to be better. Buddy has to play better, and Bogey has to play better. They've got to figure out what's going on with this Deadman situation. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he's giving you nothing. And not only is he giving you nothing, he played better and a little cleaner last night. But seven turnovers? I think he had, what, about four the night before in, in, in Port, against Portland? I mean, you it can't be just turning the ball over at the center position and not giving production. They've got to figure out what's going on with those two situations right now because to hold down the fort without Marvin, um, they're going to need everybody to be on their A game. Yeah, and you look at that guard situation. You know, last night, uh, 
but he made some defensive plays. So that was a, it was almost funny. Luke Walton saying after the game, he was impressed with Buddy's defense and wanted to tell him, I hope you don't think that because you played so hard on defense, that's why you weren't making shots. <laughs> like Luke's, Luke is getting ahead of getting ahead of it. Like, I don't want you to slack off on defense now. I'd even asked Luke about that in Phoenix going against Devin Booker. And he said, no, his focus has to be defense first. Mm-hmm. You know, the shots are going to fall, right. you know, but we need him to not to not be a guy who can get us twenty, but give us no give up thirty. But you know he he was far from the only offensive player in that regard. And when you look at the start to the season, I know like I said the fans and they wanted to kill Luke. And the thing is, if Luke's got a coach effort, it's kind of hard to judge what he's doing mm-hmm. if he's got a coach effort. Right. And what I saw at times in these early, early games was he had the coach effort, and you're a professional. I don't care if who the coach is, you shouldn't have to coach effort. And one of the kind of telling things was where guys were saying, it's our pace, it's our pace, it's our pace. You know, we need to run. And the, one of the beautiful things about basketball is that once you get a, it's not like, you know, football where they're calling every single play, you know, or, or one guy, the quarterback, has, you know, control of what's going to be run. You have a lot of autonomy on the court once things get going. If you want to run, damn it, run. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I just did and I just didn't get this, you know. I know when Luke said he he wasn't emphasizing pace as much because they were turning the ball over so much. But you know, I mean, you know, maybe you know Luke has to realize this is a young team and he hasn't been around these guys this long. You can't give these guys much of a leash. I mean, for all the things they didn't like about Jaeger, Jaeger stayed in them about running. He would get up and just yell at them and go, go, mm-hmm. go, go, go. Right. And maybe you know. This could be part of a lesson learned for Luke. Hey, you know what? It was the most confusing thing to hear them say, we want to run as if they were told to walk the ball up every play. And if you look back even to the to the Utah game, once the starters got pulled, the second unit ran. Right. So it's clearly not a, a direction from the staff to not run. I just, I don't know what it was. Guys were in, were in their own heads. Maybe Deadman's not a good fit with that group. Maybe they don't. They can't. They thought they can't run with him, even though Deadman came from a system where in Atlanta, where they played fa- just as, if not as, not faster than the Kings last season. So I mean, I don't. Yeah, it was just a lot of. They, they even had to go to the whole. We're trying to get to know each other card, and I'm not buying that when four of your five starters were part of the team last year, and one of the guys you're bringing off the bench and Bogdanovich was on the team. So it's not. It can't just be that. So. One thing I did like about last night was you heard players taking ownership of the team and saying, you know what, it's on us to do it. We've got to do it. I don't think you should, you shouldn't need the coach to tell you to play the way you know how to play. And, and you know what, Jason, that was one of the things on Saturday night that really, I don't want to say infuriated me, but it it, it, it definitely pissed me off as I'm going through Twitter and you know and and, and, and people are you know, talking about Luke or whatever. And like I said, I'm not no Luke fanboy. I, I don't I don't know the man. I haven't seen him enough to, to, to know what he's good and good at. You know, I saw him in L.A. or whatever, but it's a different situation when he's here in front of you for 82 games. So I don't know if he's good or not. Let me just be honest with you. I don't know how good Luke is. But after Saturday, all I saw, and you were in Utah, you could tell me, you know, if it's differently. But all I saw was people bashing Luke, Luke coming out and saying whatever he had to say. In that situation, where are the players? I use, I use the analogy. I said in the 84 finals or whatever the case may be, I don't even know who the coach was when the Lakers smacked up the, the Celtics by about 30-some points. I don't know who the coach was. I don't know none of his quotes. All I know is Larry Bird came out 
and said, we play like a bunch of sissies. Larry Bird came out and called out his teammates and said that. Now, obviously, there's no Larry Bird in that uh, locker room. I'm not saying Larry, they, they have that type of talent or cachet. But I need somebody to come out and say, you know what? Forget all this other stuff, pace, and we're trying to know each other. Hey, we need to do this. And you saying that you heard that last night, that's a good sign. That's what I wanted to see on Saturday because I didn't. I don't know if they didn't give quotes or they closed the locker room or what, but I didn't hear from no players on Saturday night. And that, that was a little upsetting to me, to be honest with you, because I needed somebody to take accountability for this nonsense. Yeah, you heard from the players. It was kind of like, you know, we need to play better, you know. It, I I needed to hear – ownership of what was happening and and i think this team needed this i think this team thought it was a lot better than it actually is Mm -hmm. they and they had to be reminded that if they don't play hard every night they will get smacked around by everyone in this league Mm -hmm. you don't have you know the clippers depth you don't have two all-stars like your philly you don't have an mvp like Giannis who can save you when you're struggling if they don't play hard, they will get smacked around. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the problems they had was that they really thought they were a really good team. And the fact is, you were still a 39-win team. You were still a below 500 team. You still finished the season not 9-16. and 16. If you add this, the, uh, these first four games, you're 9-20 and 20 in your last 29 games. That's a very bad team. And I think they needed to be reminded, you're not a good team. And I think, you know, perhaps maybe now that they've kind of, you know, seen what can happen. I mean, you've been down by over 30 in two of your four games, you know. And so maybe they, I think maybe they needed this. I think I was talking to someone last night. They said, sometimes you don't get what you want. You get what you need. Mm. And I think they needed this because I'm just, stuff I'm reading and hearing, playoff talk. I'm like, you guys don't know how to win yet. It, <laughs> that's it. And getting to the playoffs is hard. It's not, you know, let's focus on how we're going to play, play hard, because the way they started the season, honestly, is a carryover from last season. And people don't people don't want to admit that. I don't know why, but it's a carryover. You know, you look at the way they finished the last 25 games. They beat one good team, I think, at the end of the season, you know, the, the, after the break. They beat one good team. After the, you know, I think maybe they caught OKC after they played like a triple overtime game. But outside of that, they didn't beat a good team. I mean, they beat San Antonio at the end, but, you know, whatever you couldn't beat you couldn't beat bad teams for a good stretch so you know maybe 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 this is going to be the thing that gets that slow start going and i don't i don't know where the rotations and all this other stuff is going to go after this but i will say this jason the last time we talked i said i needed a dog you know what i mean dmx style hey where my dog where they at baby come on baby where they at you know what i'm saying we found a dog last night rashawn holmes is that dog he came in and single-handedly changed the entire energy and complexion of that game and kept it going the the duration of the game that's something and and i don't want to dismiss what fox did because i thought on friday fox showed something um i i'll give him a little pass on saturday he was playing you know ideally maybe he shouldn't even been playing on saturday but he gutted it out and that showed me something as well and he showed me some dog uh, uh last night as well but rashawn holmes is the guy that came in and said you know what he looked like he came and he said, I'm, I'm sick of this, man. I'm tired of all this nonsense that I see going on out here on the court. I'm going to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Instead of letting it happen, he said, I'm going to go out there and do something about it. And he was active defensively. He was active around the rim. You know what I mean? He, he brought a level of energy that we haven't seen in the first four games from anybody. And we found a dog. That's, that is a positive. We found a dog on this team.
you need more guys like that. But at least you got one. And to me, the dog has to actually be playing. A lot of guys were trying to tell me, well, you know, Harry's going to be that guy. The reality is you can't count on Harry. Harry hasn't played. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and he you can't you can't be that guy from in a suit or you can't be that guy if you're the 12th man you got to be playing and i mean the reality is when harry is ready to go he may not be playing much anyway because look what rashawn is doing yeah so that's true but so i i would say look yeah, at so what deadman's doing so yeah. maybe he will be playing a lot <laughs> yeah i think i think i think deadman's contract is going to buy him a lot of time big picture it's only been four games so i think that's going to and I, I like some of the things I've seen from him. I mean, I do think he, he does. I, I don't think he's like, you know, a high motor guy. I do think he tries to play hard, though. It's just that when you, can, when you see Rashawn and you see him, it's like, you know, night and day. It's like, you know, the Undertaker on the mat with Deadman. And then this is like the uh, American badass on a motorcycle Undertaker. <laughs> you've got the original Undertaker walking to the ring slow with Deadman. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the Undertaker on the motorcycle with, with, with Holmes. Right. So. I think there's a place for both of them. I'm not ready to throw Deadman out completely, but then again, I don't know what people expected from Dwayne Deadman. I kind of, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a realist, and you look at you know, Dwayne's career, they didn't sign Joel Embiid, and that's not <laughs> for me. I'm not trying to diss, but you know, they didn't. You know, I don't know. I think sometimes people look at a player's uh, contract and go, "We should get this from him." I don't think any any way that you want seven, you don't want ever want a seven turnover game again from him. But I still say they're going to give it some time before they start think, you know, shaking things up. I know Luke did mention they've thought about, they've talked about the idea of starting Rashawn, depending on the matchup. You know, our next topic, the, the bigger issue they've got right now is getting Buddy healed back on the right track. Right now, I mean, you know, it, it, I kind of feel bad for Buddy because people are already saying, see, the man got paid. Now look at him. Now look at him. Got his money. Three of twenty in the last two games, you know, thirty-five percent on the season. You didn't pay him to average fourteen points. Supposed to be an elite shooter, you know. What's going on, you know? Average, you know, and to, to to me, the most alarming thing right now, outside of everything that I said, is it is alarming. He hasn't attempted a free throw in two games. He's attempted five on the season. I mean, you can't be a high-level shooting guard in this in the NBA, and you can't draw a foul. I know it's professional sports i know it's a business and you gotta get paid you gotta do what you gotta do but this is the reason why i didn't like the whole fiasco with buddy when he did it i thought in the in the preseason his contract was too much of a story it was too much of something that i felt he was harping on he was going to get paid he was going to make money like i don't i don't know why we had to go back and forth about this and it had to be something that was so prevalent on his mind. He was going to get paid. He had he won the lottery. He had the lottery ticket. It was going to get cashed in. Now whether that was 80 million or 110 million, it's still life-changing money. You know what I'm saying? It's still your first contract on top of that. You know what I mean? You had another one, God willing, coming after that. So I don't know why it became such a big deal and something that was so much on the forefront. And it's just little stuff like this that it's hard to explain, but it's the vibes, right? It's it's the vibes that 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 weren't right. And and I'll give you another example. You look at I'm a 49ers fan. Robbie Gold, the kicker, made oh, all this I'm fuss. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why, Jason. I don't know why. I, I'm living good right now. I'm living good, and the future looks bright, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> future looks good, but um, but Robbie Gold made all this fuss about his money, right? And it's like, what, you're 
kicker. And I'm not equating Buddy Hill to a kicker, but like, why are we making a fuss about your money? Okay. Why are we making a fuss about your money? He got paid. He has been erratic. It's a different type of pressure. It's a different, it's a different type of spotlight that you put on yourself. Cause now people are looking like, all right, you kicked and screamed about all this money. I need you to produce. And in some cases overproduce. And I feel like Buddy might be feeling that right now. And, and it's four games in, he can easily shake it and get back to, you know, what we known him as, but he's probably looking at like, okay, well, all eyes are on me. You know, I gotta justify this contract. I gotta, I gotta justify all this, uh, all this ruckus that I made. Might be pressing a little bit. I need Buddy to get back to who he is, who he was last year, finding spots, being a dead eye shooter. But also, like you said, that free throw thing is concerning. I saw a lot of times last year where Buddy Hill come flying in for offensive rebounds, get fouled, or whatever the case may may be on the putback. I can't remember one time so far where I've seen him flying in for an offensive rebound. I need him to get back to that grit. And the thing is, you know, you mentioned what I don't also like about what I'm seeing from him too much of is the over dribbling. The uh, you are not a off the dribble creator. I mean, if you're going to do that, that's to set up your step back jumper, not for you to try to take go into the lane and try to shoot over Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> you know, that's not you know that's not your game. And when I see him falling into that, I'm like, that's not that's not good, buddy. You know, and part of that is on, you know, on the coaching staff. It's on it's on, it's on his teammates. They've got to play in a way to get Buddy good looks because when that game slows down, if Buddy's going to get a look, it's got to come off a of movement. It's got him coming off the screen. And one thing I think uh, our Luke mentioned maybe a week or so ago, which I thought was kind of key, he was saying that he wants Buddy to become a better screener. Mm. He said if Buddy can – he said because of his shooting, when he sets a screen – that's going to make the defense have to react. Yes. So, you know, we, when you talk to uh, Luke about Buddy, it, it's like he's, he's, he's uh, challenging Buddy to take steps to get to the next level, yes. to get to the free throw line. I mean, if you're going to do all that dribbling, draw a foul. Yeah. You know, and but I, to me, that's not his game. But, you know, but if they, they got to get up and run, and he's got to attack the rim when it's right. You know, him attacking really on this team outside of Fox with his floater, and Corey Joseph, who somebody mentioned to me, kind of has like a little Andre Miller in him. I, the I way was he just plays about sometimes. to say he's the new Andre Miller. I said this like two. You know, I don't know if you remember a game against uh, was it the it was the Phoenix game, and he did that whole go under the basket on the baseline and did like a double spin, half spin, and they, that was straight Andre Miller textbook move right there. He's the new Andre Miller. Yeah, you know they've got games that kind of somehow they, it, it allows them to get things done as a guard in the paint. That's not Buddy's game. I mean, maybe it, he can develop that more. But what you need from Buddy is you need him, you know, flying down the floor to get to his spots. You need him getting the ball in the rhythm and shooting. You don't need him trying to shoot his way out of this slump. It's it's not ideal to me. It's not what he does best. And like you said, he is a good rebounder for a guard. You know, get yourself going there. And if you're going to have the ball, be a playmaker. He had four assists last night. He had three assists total in the first two, three games. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm not you asking know, him to be Jason got, Kidd, but he my got it. He got his first steal of the season against Denver. So, I mean, there's, you know, th- you know, there's just things that, you know, you, you want to see more activity from him, I think, in other areas to maybe get himself going. You know what? If you, your jump shot's not falling. Get a steal, get down transition, get some layups, get to the free throw line. You're a great shooter. Get to the free throw line. Like I said, his last two games, two and nine on threes, four twenty overall. Mm. So I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, I don't expect Buddy to shoot this way all season. It's not who he's been. It's not his. That's not his DNA. 
you know, what did he say last night? You know, facts. You know, I don't, I don't go, I don't shoot like this normally. But what will help the Kings get going will be to buddy get back to being himself. That'll open up the offense. That'll get that'll get everybody in rhythm. It'll help him. It'll get because they they need they need Buddy's swagger. That's the one thing Buddy brings to them is that Buddy is a talker. Buddy, you know, he's he's a talker. He got he can't really talk right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's he going you know what's he gonna say to Gary Harris last night when he's two or thirteen? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so he needs he needs those shots falling so he can be that guy again. And I say, I mean, I think everyone's to a degree panicking. I mean, it still is four games. If this happened, you know, game forty to forty-three, people might be like, you know what, he's in a little bit of a slump. But the slump always looks worse in October than it would look in March. So I, I I'm not overly concerned about Buddy. I think that uh, the league, you know, does have a year of seeing how we played last year. Teams are going to put longer guys on him, more athletic guys, and challenge him in different ways. It's on him. It's on the team to speed the game up, get him good looks. When they're in the half court, do not give the ball to Buddy and stare at him to go ISO. I, I do believe that he'll eventually get going. And I, and I do think that I would be shocked if, I'll tell you like this, I'd be shocked if Buddy didn't average 20 points a game again this year. Like, I think he's going to get it going. And when you look, to me, when you look at some of the shots that aren't going in for him, they're good looks. Like, I think he's getting good looks. Like, he's not, aside from, like you said, when he tries to do too much dribbling, um, and take contested shots. Like most of the shots are relatively good looks. I remember um, the Portland game. He had a a couple of different corner three looks and wide open looks that just aren't going down that he's going to hit. I think he's pressing right now. I think he's definitely yeah. pressing. And um, and like I said, he's he's feeling that give me my money rant pressure. You know what I'm saying? That everybody feels when they make a big deal about something like that and they actually get what they were asking for. Now it's like okay. There's a different level of expectations placed upon him, and maybe he wasn't ready for it to start the season. I think he'll bounce out of it, though. I think he'll he'll bounce out of it. Wednesday would be a good time against against the Hornets, and uh, you know, Jason, it's funny that the Hornets signed Terry Rozier because I always thought that Terry Rozier looked like the baby. So now that uh, <laughs> now that he's in Charlotte, home with the baby. He's on the point guard. He's, he's the starting point guard looking like the baby. It's just a natural fit. Hopefully they didn't get their first one of the season against the baby, a.k.a. Scary Terry. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is a game if you're the Kings. You don't want to you, know, you say it. Well, you do have to say it. You've got to beat this team. I mean, this is the only team with a, with a worse you know, differential in the league than the Kings. Right now, Charlotte's uh, average differential is um, a negative 13.8. The Kings are get this negative nineteen point five on the season. <laughs> that is Come on, that. Man. I mean, so you've Jesus. got yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You're losing by an average of almost twenty points a game. Oh, <laughs> I man. mean that. I mean, and you're losing by seven brought that down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I mean, you know, this is a you know the Hornets have lost three in a row. They're going to come into Sacramento probably have this game circled as you know what we can get this one they're they're just as bad at least we've won a game they ain't won a game yet exactly exactly <laughs> you know I think they, they, they faced the two la teams and they're like oh it's a rough road trip or whatever like you said they circled this one like this is the one we can get go home on a, on a good note or whatever you know what i mean so yeah yeah they've, they've... i i, I want to see this king's team come out and try to jump on these guys early i mean 
come out aggressive from the start. I mean, so Charlotte's leaving LA, went to the learning tree back-to-back -back nights. You get whooped up on by the, by the Lakers on a Sunday, turn around on a Monday and get whooped up on by the Clippers. So I think, yeah, this is a, a game where they've got to try to jump on this team. You know, they're, they're struggling. They've lost three in a row. Maybe you can bury them early. And, it, and even if you don't get a big lead early, just play hard. If you play hard, this is a game you can win. You know, but if you, roll, if you go out there thinking, okay, we got this because, you know, by all means, we played Denver tough, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't get caught in that <laughs> trap. You know what you'll I'm mess around. You'll, you'll mess around and be 0-5 and, you know, you'll be the laughing stock of the league because everyone will be going, these guys are talking playoffs. They can't beat anybody. <laughs> yeah. And they're, yeah, they're, so they're, then, those those tweets and those quotes are already coming out. I see them. You know, people really around the league are kind of stunned by what's going on with the with the Kings. They had even if they didn't pick them to make the playoffs or whatever, um, they had certain expectations of them. And to see the season start off the way it has, it's, it's kind of it shocked a lot of people around the league from what I've seen. Yeah, right now they're one of two winless teams in the West, along with New Orleans, another team that people thought we might surprise people, but they don't have Zion. Well, they say the Kings don't have Bagley. But even then, New Orleans has been a lot more competitive than the Kings overall this season. And another reason why they the Kings need to get this game is because they got they see Utah again on Friday. I don't expect they'll lay down against Utah like they did <laughs> over the weekend, but that's another playoff team. Look at the the way they're starting. All playoff teams from last season except Phoenix, who they lost to, and now come and coming up Charlotte. So they really need to get this Charlotte game because uh, uh, after Mike Conley had that rough start, he saw the Kings' defense. They were they were slump busters for him. Got him going. <laughs> so That's exactly what they were, you know. So I'm I'm imagining that the Kings will at least want to show them something. I mean, a team beats you like that. I mean, they were playing five. They were playing shell game. They were playing five on nothing in, in Utah. You know, so I, I imagine the Kings are going to want to show a whole lot more than they showed. And I, I think, I think this is a critical two game stretch. If there can be a critical two game stretch, five, six games into the season, I think this is a critical one where they could kind of get their legs under them here with two wins here. You know what I mean? With beating Charlotte and then you know get a good win against Utah Friday night before they head out on the road. I think they can kind of come out of it, come out of this week feeling a lot better about themselves. Yeah, they'll be two and four. They, you know, would have dug a little bit of a hole. But if you come out of this, and I'm not really into moral victories. You just play the type of game you played against Denver, and then you follow that up with back-to-back -back wins. Um, big opportunity for this team right here. Big opportunity. I, I think they can uh, salvage the first two weeks of the season with uh, two wins here this week. Yeah, I agree with that. That that would be a good way for them to go in. Go into the road trip, three, uh, you know, three games, little trip back east. But this, that would be a good way to go into it if you can somehow pick up at least two, one or two wins. Because man, minus nineteen point five, one. I mean, averaging less than a hundred points a game. Just to give mm. you a little perspective before we go, there's only three teams not scoring at least a hundred points a game in the league right now. And you would not have thought the Kings would be one of those three teams. Not at all. So, so they they got it. They got it. I mean, their defense is on par what it was last year. They're giving about the same amount of points, about one fifteen. But yeah, they yeah they got to score. So any final word before we depart from this one, Kenny? We found a dog. I'm gonna call Fox a dog too. We got two dogs. All right. We got Rashawn Holmes. We got De'Aaron Fox. I need at least two more dogs by the end of this week. I know we'll talk again on Friday, but. I need I need these two more dogs by the end of this week, and then we got something. 
we we got something going. So Wednesday night against Charlotte, like you said, it's a game that they need to win. They need to take out Scary Terry, aka the baby. You know what I mean? And uh, and and get get on the good foot, man. Get that first win. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to see it. My last thing is. Less dribbling from Buddy and Bogey is good to me. Don't drive me to drink by watching them, have, you know, dri- dribble into the defense, shooting floaters over centers and getting down. I don't want to see that. I mean, please, please move the ball. Please make this fun for all of us to watch and give us just give me at least let me know you care. You know, like I said, at least pinch them. You know, please try to you know go go down fighting you know it reminds me of the story i mean look, never mind it's a whole different story but yeah <laughs> well look Jay's I, was, gotta... I, I was i was i was gonna tell a suge knight story that i heard from corrupt on tv but yeah come yeah. on man you know the, i love, more, you know more... I love story time the... here man i love story time okay. you got to have yeah i got to bring that to me at least on friday bring it to me on friday okay i'll bring it to you on friday especially if they if they, if they somehow lose to the hornets that story will definitely apply to this team oh man now i'm now i'm, <laughs> now I'm conflicted if whether i want them to win or lose because i want to hear the suge story but you brought up something, Jason, before we get out of here. What's your drink of choice? You said drive you to drink. What do you drink? Uh, br- Anything brown. I'm a Crown Royal guy. I'm a mm. Hennessy guy or, mm. whatever's, or whatever's available. And some nights the Kings have forced me to sit down, even though I'm not on the team, and just, you know, <laughs> ponder what I've watched and what's going on or what why are they doing this or why is this guy, like, what are they doing and why are they ruining my night with, <laughs> <laughs> with what I've had to watch? So... It hasn't got to that point for me yet, so yeah, good, that's so. good. I, I'm not a, really a dark drinker. I like my vodkas, and you know, I'm a Ciroc guy or whatever. But I love me some Crown Apple. I love me some Crown Apple. That's some good stuff. Wait a minute, are they paying us to say that? Don't worry about. I'm not no free publicity out here. All right, yeah, no, yeah. no Crown oh, yeah, Apple. On that, here. yeah, on that <laughs> note, I guess we can go ahead and be out. Uh, this is Jason Jones. This is Kenny Caraway. Take care, folks. We will. Be back on Friday after the Kings may, are either one and four or zero oh and five. Either nah. way, <laughs> it'll either way we're gonna have some fun with it. Take care, everybody. All right, guys.